This is Whitley Strieber, and this is Dreamland. You've reached the edge of the world. Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jeremy Vaney, filling in for Whitley Strieber yet again. Um, thank you for listening to Dreamland and or watching it on the YouTubes. We both appreciate it very much. Um, this week's episode is dedicated to Carol Rainey, who passed away like days after, maybe a week after we uh, recorded this, we being uh, my guest Tyler Cokejohn and I, um, and we talk about her a little bit in this episode. I wish she had got to uh, hear this uh, before she passed away. Of course, my heart goes out to the Rainey family, and as I probably say in this episode, though I don't remember, but I've definitely said elsewhere, and I probably did say it, um, if you want to know what a real ufological whistleblower looks like, look no further than Carol Rainey. This week's show uh, is with Tyler Cokejohn, who is a retired um, professor of microbiology, who Back in the day, again with Peritopia, the late great Jeff Ritzman had an idea to do a one-of-a-kind and so far, as far as I'm aware, the only scientifically valid survey of experiencers. We wanted to kind of figure out, like, what were the commonalities? We had our own questions, and Jeff really was the driving force uh, behind getting it going. Um, and we could not have gotten it going without Tyler Cokejohn, who brings the validity of science to it where, you know, we're not, Jeff and I are podcasters, we're experiencers, we're not scientists. So Tyler assembled his cast of characters, other doctors, uh, Ellen Tarr and Kim Cooper, uh, to essentially be able to formulate a scientifically valid um, and, and mathematically valid experiencer survey, which was small in scope, so it's not groundbreaking in that sense, but it's certainly a template to uh, follow for anyone who cares to uh, in the future. Nobody has cared to so far, <laughs> but, but if you do, uh, you know, go for it. There will be a link in the show description to the project, so you can uh, you can go there and read it. Um, even though it's a small survey, I think it's pretty fascinating and, um, I think you'll get a lot out of it. Uh, you'll at least know that it's valid. Like you'll know that what you're reading isn't like in any way debatably scientifically valid. How the debate is, is how, uh, useful it is because it is a small survey. Um, in any event, data collection turns out takes more than just like asking people for stories. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk to Tyler about that on this episode. We're going to talk about a whole lot more, but I want Tyler to introduce himself. So let's get to that. Here we go. After much te technical difficulty, my good friend Tyler Cokejohn is, is joining us. And thank you, Tyler, for putting up with all the technical mishaps. It was fun. I bet it was. So, Tyler, because I'm lazy and because I don't know what of your resume is important to you to say in the context of Dreamland, tell us what uh, your resume is. What what brings you into ufology or to this show? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, 
That's a tough one. Uh, a retired professor of microbiology, and actually the way that I got to dreamland was through alien abductions and some things that I had written to Carol Rainey about, which uh, she then conveyed to you and Jeff Ritzman. And that led to uh, some appearances on Paratopia and some other uh, work elsewhere uh, about uh, the specifics of alien abduction and how one might go about doing some things to uh, analyze uh, what really happened. Um, did it unfold the way people think that it did, or is it something else altogether? And uh, So kind of a wide-ranging um, investigation of the phenomenon, but I'd had a long-standing interest in, in UFOs since I was a kid, since the 1960s, and uh, hadn't followed the field for a while, and actually got brought back in by a TV show, The UFO Hunters, and then somehow I found Carol Rainey, and uh, kind of the rest is history. Ah, okay. And um, I guess since you brought up Carol, maybe we should say that Carol Rainey is actually not doing so well. She has publicly come out with that she is in hospice and probably doesn't have long uh, to live. So, you know, our hearts, of course, go out to Carol. And I just want to publicly thank her in this moment for all that she has done for UFO research and for uh, exposing bad research and for essentially coming forward with um, what she knew about how bad Bud Hopkins' research was and to the extent that she did David Jacobs simply because I think like she saw Emma Woods come out to talking about the David Jacobs stuff and um, how Hopkins was a factor in that and kind of didn't want her to be alone in that. Was kind of feeling like, okay, you know, maybe she shouldn't be alone with this, and I'll come forward too. Um, and she knew she would get the heat that she got for doing so, and she did it anyway. So, you know, if you want a real hero in ufology and a real whistleblower in ufology, look no further than Carol Rainey. Yeah, that's a pretty good synopsis of uh, what she did and what happened. And she did take a lot of uh, heat, uh, some uh, pretty ugly things, and she withstood it. Um, now, did you take heat? Were ugly things thrown at you? No, actually, uh, very little. Uh, quite the opposite. Now, we, I wasn't on Twitter then. It might have been different uh, had I been. But, uh, no, in comparison to what you and Jeff Ritzman got and Carol Rainey, uh, a few others, uh, I received very little blowback. Uh, remarkably little. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, all right, so you meet Carol Rainey and somehow she suckers you into <laughs> coming into the field. Uh, what was it about UFO hunters that you were like, oh, I've got to be a part of this? Well, it was just so much fun. And uh, uh, the uh, first show, I don't know if you can remember way back, but the first show on Maury Island uh, was very striking because I thought, well, geez, that's been fairly thoroughly debunked. Um, odd choice to start. But uh, the idea, the basic idea of uh, boots on the ground and taking a look at the, what the data would show, what you could find, that was a good idea. The execution maybe left a few things to be desired, but um, 
So I thought, well, it'd be interesting. And uh, it, it was. Uh, and to their credit, Bill and Nancy Burns let me post things on their website, whatever I wanted to say, critical uh, sometimes as they were. Uh, but it, it started me off on uh, talking to other people through uh, comments on their blogs and things. So what was it that you wanted to do when you originally sort of dipped a toe in? What were you expecting to do? What were you wanting to do? Oh, that's, that's a very good question. I thought that uh, some of the things that uh, they were doing in terms of uh, techniques and uh, how they approached problems maybe weren't the best. Now, again, we're talking entertainment and not science, but I thought there were things that, that could be improved, and there, there were some things that uh, probably uh, not really helping the, uh, the, I guess, the betterment of understanding of uh, the issues. Let's put it that way. And what would you have done? I mean, if, if you'd had your druthers, what would you have done? Oh... Uh, I'm not sure that I would have had a, a TV show. It's very difficult to meld uh, entertainment in science uh, into something that people would want to watch. And uh, I don't know that I would have that skill set. Uh, the two sometimes are, are rather incompatible, is what I found out. But I think it was important to let people know that uh, Sometimes what you're getting is not necessarily the whole story uh, and not necessarily um, the best sort of conclusion that one could draw. Um, I guess let's put a pin in it there and we will circle back around to Tyler coming into ufology because it just dawns on me that, um, you know, I mean, look how far we've come and yet not. So <laughs> because that was around... What, 2010? 2011? Yeah, I think so. I'm actually trying to, to do the math, and I think it's been 13 years, maybe longer. Yeah. And now, as we record today, NASA just did another hearing. They released a report on whatever their UFO, UAP, they're studying. And we just had Jaime Musan do a uh, Mexican <laughs> conference on alien mummies, stealing Greer's baby thunder, you know, alien babies. Um, and of course, David Grush and that whole congressional testimony thing, where at least there is the air of an officialdom, but the content seems to be the same as in 2010, which is not much going on. It's just that there, it's officially not going on. Uh, that's sort of how I see it. How, how are you seeing this sort of, I don't know, air of officialdom takeover of what was a quote-unquote fringe subject? Have they added anything to it? I guess maybe that's a question. Has anything been added to it? Have we gotten anywhere since, like, the government has taken an interest publicly? Oh, I don't think so. I, I know other people are uh, much more excited about some of the, the uh, revelations, but uh, it is something that if you've been in ufology for a while, you probably feel that you've heard it all before. Uh, said by different people under different circumstances. Uh, and, and we have some new sightings to discuss. But uh, you're right. I feel like we, we really haven't um, made much progress. And uh, air of officialdom or not, um, it, 
uh, of all the things. Uh, and NASA kind of got them all today in their press conference. Uh, Grush, Masson, all these things uh, got uh, put out there on the table. And so they, they know they're in a whole new world, that's for sure. But uh, the, one, the one thing that I think that is interesting is, in terms of air of officialdom, is that NASA has committed to uh, giving this uh, an investigation, a real investigation. And they've done it in ways that I think are going to be um, very interesting for everyone. And uh, I look forward to the execution. I'm hoping that it can happen. I don't know if you watched the, the news conference, but uh, there was some talk about what's the budget going to be, and they really can't say. And so hopefully this won't fall victim to some kind of political uh, issues, and this will really happen. And uh, there really will be uh, this multi-pronged, uh, all-of-government uh, investigation spearheaded by NASA, and uh, that, that sounds very favorable to me. Now, when, when you say that it's going to be exciting or whatever, for everyone... Who's everyone? Because the way I, I mean, to my cynical mind, how this goes is how it's been going, which is NASA says something that UFO world doesn't want to hear. So UFO world says, well, of course you can't trust NASA, PSYOP or whatever. And the rest of the world doesn't pay attention because prosaic explanations don't make a splash. I mean, what happens beyond that that you envision? Well, I th don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see how this actually unfolds, how they, they really execute it. But if, if we can go through and enlist the public, uh, citizen scientists, the way that NASA has, has proposed uh, or seems to be proposing, uh, this is going to be uh, quite uh, uh, fascinating because it, let's just say that, that we it comes to fruition and we have these phone apps and, and um, uh, you know we can whip out the phone and it'll do a multi-dimensional analysis of, of whatever it is we're seeing and we get the great metadata and we turn that in. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is NASA can't control that anymore. That's in the hands of the public. That's going to be on social media, which reared its ugly head a couple of times here. Uh, and so as, as much as we think, well, the government would like to cover up, some of this is going to be right out there in the public domain before NASA even has a chance to analyze it. And that is going to be really interesting to see then how the follow-up goes, how the um, conclusions are drawn, and uh, how uh, competing interests actually uh, resolve or don't resolve what is seen or what's put forth. Uh, and I don't think that anybody on the panel, uh, myself included, would be able to anticipate all of the very, very interesting things that people are going to come up with, and uh, some of them legit and some not. We just have to hope for basically the goodwill of uh, people that turn in these things, and I think in general we'll be okay, but, but there's going to be a lot of interesting things, Jeremy. And the uh, lid's going to come right off this pot really quickly if, if it goes the way I think they said they want it to. So I, I don't know if they're really prepared for this. Uh, you know, we have a director. There, there is a person that NASA has uh, tapped as the director. This is the named individual, but they wouldn't give the name. <laughs> right. They want isn't, full isn't transparency, <laughs> but they won't give the name. So that's Except, funny on that, on that hand. But then on the other hand... Uh, I think it's funny that, you know, UFO world 
um, claims to be mature enough to handle disclosure, and they can't even handle what they don't like to hear from these people so badly that they've got to like send death threats and stuff, and you know, run them out of town. So, who 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 among us is ready for this this giant alien disclosure? This ontological shock headed our way. <laughs> Yeah, well, certainly not NASA in some regards. Uh, so I, I hope that uh, social media doesn't become the death of, of a great concept. Uh, it certainly could. It, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't sound good. We don't. We're not privy to it to what all was said. But it was enough to uh, alarm NASA sufficiently not to identify this person, and uh, that's interesting. Uh, that also could end up uh, really putting a lid on the number of scientists and, and uh, technical people that are going to be willing to participate uh, if, if they fear some sort of retribution and uh, being hounded or, or, you know, who knows? Who knows how this will, will play out? And, and I hope well, but uh, like I say, uh, this is going to be wild. It, it really is something. And credit now, I think, uh, the people, listeners, Dreamland and elsewhere can finally feel that someone at least is saying they're going to listen. Uh, we have every indication that they will. Uh, that uh, it's no longer necessarily a fringe thing, that people have experiences, and now the experiencer is basically the king of this world. Uh, you know, go forth and, and get more evidence and do it on their app or in the, in the way that they recommend, and uh, we'll see what we see. Uh, this is a phenomenal change, a sea change. In, well, uh, yeah, that's actually, I wanted to ask you about that. So the thing that irks me about NASA in this sea change, and it may simply be because I didn't see where it was addressed previously, so maybe you know or maybe a listener knows if they've ever addressed this, the idea that they keep saying over and over, we want to be transparent and we want to take this out of the realm of, you know, sort of uh, the fringe element. We want to make it scientific and so on and, and out of the realm of, of laughter and derision and all of that. Who put it in the realm of pseudoscience, laughter and derision? Partly NASA. They're as guilty of that as anyone of just, you know, poo-pooing this stuff, making fun of it. Um, all of that through the years, ignoring it. So is there any sense of like culpability or are people just pretending that in a vacuum this became the laughing stock of the media because on its face it's so absurd, despite the fact that the majority of people believe something about it is uh, you know real. Whatever they believe about the phenomena, they believe there is one. Um, and that's been the case, right? So, and this is part of George Hansen's sort of point in his trickster theory is like, you know, all these people believe, but it's only, but it's weirdly societal, societally taboo to talk about in a realistic way, but you can say anything you want in science fiction. Um, but that doesn't come from some archetype that comes from at least, uh, people in officialdom officially doing that, officially making it a laughing stop subject, stock subject and pushing it to the fringe. So is there, have you seen any sense of them, like, saying, okay, me a couple of people, <laughs> we're sorry, or anything? No, not, not yet. Maybe that will come later. As, or why as, the change? Like, why now? I guess that's part of it is like, okay, now's the time. We need to start this data gathering now. Why? 
why would you start the data gathering in 2023 and not, uh, I don't know, uh, 1983, 1973, 1963? Well, you've had people like Richard Haynes uh, and uh, Ted Rowe uh, concerned about aerial safety for a very long time. And that didn't seem to resonate at all until today. Uh, I, I don't know the, the why now. I can tell you that I've, just by happenstance, I've been reading some books uh, by, let's, where did I put it? Of course, now I can't find it. Annie Jacobson about DARPA and, and Phenomena. Uh, and uh, she's interviewed a lot of the, the people that, that we all know in, in the field. Uh, and one of the things that she points out is with federal agencies, now she's mostly concerned with DARPA uh, in the last book that I read, uh, but she said the thing that you always ask yourself is what's the reason behind the reason? You know, and your question is, is a solid one, is why now? What, what is it? And so you have to think that maybe the UAP uh, phenomenon is becoming uh, enough of an issue to the military that they really need to nail down uh, what these things are and where they come from. Uh, I don't know that NASA can necessarily uh, help them with that because that's going to involve layers of, of classification and secrecy that uh, are going to be very hard to work around. But anyway, the why now and, uh, and, and, and why did you suddenly get religion on this topic? Those are, those are interesting questions and things that, that we always kind of have to keep in mind. You know, are we going to get disclosure? Uh, maybe, but by accident. <laughs> well, and, you know, truthfully, I think the why now, the, the simple answer might be because there's a younger generation that does believe that's pushing for this. And I say that because it's a simple answer. But also, like when I was doing the culture contact conferences in New York, I just remember people from, um, I don't know if it was New York Magazine, but the various New York Post, you know, the various news outlets who came to interview us about these things. Um, I remember uh, at least one or two, two of them said that they were, you know, they had read these, some of these books and they were really interested in it and they were young guys. So I just got to think that, like, yeah, as media people, younger generations of media people, you know, start gathering uh, power within their systems, you know, of media mm -hmm. and government and science, um, they want to know these things. And so maybe it's just simply that there's an interest there that they've had since, like you, since they were, <laughs> since they watched UFO Hunters, since they well, were little kids watching UFO Hunters, just like you, Tyler. Yeah, yeah, sort of, almost. Um, it, it, is, uh, it is interesting that it did happen, and so kind of the, the big shift was New York Times article, 2017. You know, I think we discussed a few times that there were more than a few holes in that. But somehow, the, the wagon has really gotten rolling here, and we've gotten actual uh, interest from uh, political leaders and uh, at several different levels, that has really made a difference. Uh, it, it's rolling. So don't ask questions. Jump on. See what you can do. Well, here's my problem with that wagon, which is the holes. So it has holes, but it gets rolling. And it seems like that is, has been the case with all of, you know, from To the Stars Academy to whatever Lou Elizondo is up to, 
to Jeremy Corbell, to David Grush, like there, everything seems to be this push toward, we know in our heart of hearts, the government knows something. So we're going to throw spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Something's going to, because there's a reality there. We know it. They're covering it up. So it doesn't matter if the particulars are correct or not. The general thrust of something is correct has to be correct. And what if that's not? Are they ever going to believe it? Because the holes are the thing <laughs> to me. Like, just taking, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but David Grush is an example. Um, he did come up in the NASA thing. Yes. Like you said, and I think, um, you know, that, that whoever the head spokesperson of this, who whose name they did say, and I don't remember, so it doesn't matter if they stay anonymous or not for my brain. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he answered it and said, you know, there's no, there's no evidence there. Like, where's the evidence? Show the evidence. We can't just take this guy at his word. And it seems like in ufology, not only are we willing to take the guy at his word, we're willing to be mesmerized by more of his word about how these things work, about roughly... You know, I can't disclose the details, but this is how Dopsers work. This is how the formation of a story is, you know, I'm able to do it in the first place. Like, all of this stuff seems to me not credible. Not just the claims, but all of the claims of how he's able to even talk about it seems not credible to me. I don't know. It just bothers me, I guess, enough to have babbled on about it this long. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tyler. Last commercial break, folks. I promise. One of the, one, one of the things that, that did come out, uh, they had very good questions, by the way. A lot of journalists were drawn to this because it, there's intense public interest. Uh, but one of the, the things that was pointed out um, was, uh, well, this guy says this and there's no evidence for it. But the retort was, but he also has 30 other people, I think the number was 30, uh, Defense Department persons. And that, at that point, you kind of think like, well, if that is true, if that's real, that's a verifiable fact. And they're all going to come out on record and they all say the same thing. That would be kind of interesting. But it does sort of give you pause as to, you know, well, what what really is there? And uh, it is a smoke and fire thing. You know, what what the heck's going on? Well, then I will, I'll, I'll actually just devil's advocate myself here in some way, which is, I, I think that's, Right. Like, and I, I think, like, if you want the thro to throw the spaghetti at the wall at this point, isn't the spaghetti to keep hammering NASA and any of the Arrow or any of these projects? Look, David Grush said this stuff. He has spoken under oath about, roughly, under oath about this stuff. And so why are we doing these rudimentary uh you know, at this point, this is playtime, right? Like, oh, we're going to look at UFO videos and discuss what they could possibly be when we've got them in a hangar. So tell us the truth. Like, let's get that sorted out first, and then we can go on with this NASA thing. Otherwise, this is superfluous and, and child's play. So tell us well, the freaking truth. Always tell us the truth would be a good starting point. Uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, David Grush sort of came on site after these people had begun their project and gotten their marching orders and were trying to put together a program. And now, it, you know, it, it stirred the pot further. And they're, they're having to sort of answer things 
that they actually weren't intending to to even deal with that uh, these sorts of um, allegations. Basically, it's the the same thing we've heard since uh, uh, Tom Corso wrote his book Day After Roswell. Phil Corso, jeez, why do I say you know, anyway? Um, yeah, so <laughs> we we have you know it's sort of a, a different situation that that it's a dynamic uh, situation to be to say the least about it, and it's um, it's kind of blown back in their face in sort of an unexpected way. But the project and, and the goals and, and I guess the aims of NASA, I think, were uh, pretty solid in terms of how you would go ahead step by step, systematically uh, look at, assess the evidence, and then try to go forward. And that's sort of what they're trying to do now. Whether they'll make it or not, there's a lot of gaps here, Jeremy. You know, we talked about gaps, and, and one of the things would be is how are you going to arm your citizen scientists with devices, calibrated, reliable, uh, multi-factorial devices that will give us the data that we need, uh, how are they going to be uh, instructed, all these things. This is yet to come to pass, and, and so we've got a, a lot to go. But the world changed while they were working, unfortunately, as it's wont to do. But then don't you have to change your, re like, don't, isn't there someone who has to change the research and say, okay, we're going to put a break on this. We've got to find out uh, whether this stuff is, is accurate or not. Well, no, that's, that's a solid question. I don't know that it's in the NASA remit at, at this stage, that they've done what they can do technologically. Somebody else is going to have to go, uh, you know, and throw open the bunker in Area 51 or, uh, you know, wherever these uh, bits of evidence exist that have been claimed uh, ever since. And it's like, you know, it's the same story that, that basically we've heard for a long time. Uh, and it comes down to that's outside of what NASA is attempting to do here. But unfortunately, you can see they all get rolled together and it very easily and very quickly. I mean, they didn't get through the first news conference and, and boom, here it comes. Well, but this is the time to, uh, to do it. I mean, if you're going to make the case... Yeah. There's, yeah. there's two things. They want to make the case that this is going to be their attempt to take this out of the fringe and the laughing stock and put it under scientific scrutiny. So we need data, data, data. We're starting now. Who knows why we're starting now? We're starting now. We should have been doing this all along if we really cared about aviation safety. But eh, we're starting now. But the other part that they're not saying is the, the David Grush part. We've, the, the, in, the public interest has turned because this guy has credentials and has gone and said what he said before Congress. And so do they not necessarily have to address that elephant in the room beyond, oh, I saw it on the nightly news and I need the, I need the facts. I mean, that's true. I can't just take his word for it. I need the facts, but you're an arm of the government, right? And you're working with the department of defense. You've said this, you would gladly give them, you know, whatever they needed to help them and hope hope that they would help you. I mean, it just all seems like, wait, we've got to sort out whether... In other words, <laughs> Tyler, this seems like really, really obvious. If you've got already proof uh, that your theory is, is wrong or that you don't have to even bother to theorize in the first place, don't you need to know that first? And you've got a guy claiming there's proof of that. At some point, they're going to have to, to deal with this. At, at some point, it's going to have to be addressed. I don't know that it will necessarily be this particular study group of NASA 
that goes after sort of the, the larger questions. I, I don't know, but I, I do think that you're right, that these are all uh, questions that have driven a lot of the interest, are driving a lot of the interest, and they'll have to be looked at. Uh, no question that when people come out and they do have some kind of authority, uh, experience or whatnot, and they're willing to make these statements, uh, you need to listen to them and see what you can verify and not verify. Uh, that, but again, that may not be NASA that, that is ultimately going to be tasked with that. And I, I think it probably won't be. I mean, at least Jaime Musan produced an alien baby for us to look at. They reminded me, the NASA people, whoever it was that answered that, uh, the question about, hey, did you see the Mexican reveal, uh, reminded me of you. It was so diplomatic. Instead of laughing it off, and, and because, of course, they're trying to create this air of science, well, we need to, you know, see the data on that. <laughs> like, we would hope, and it's true. It's like, well, we would hope, and this goes for Jacques Vallée and anyone claiming that they've got medals that are metamedals. Uh, I'm just adding that. Um, that we would hope that you would give this to the world scientific community so we can all sort of take a look and see what's what and see if we can figure it out together. Now, of course, with Hanging Masson, that's going to be a paper mache of E.T. the Extraterrestrial from the movie. But oh, that's in the case of these metamedals, they might not all be flattened Coke cans out in uh, the desert of Roswell, you know? You have, you have forgotten about the Roswell slides. <laughs> all you need is an image. So what I think uh, the uh, comment was really uh, reflecting was, as a scientist, I'm not going to make a judgment unless and until I can examine this. And it, indeed, it has been examined by people who were able to uh, stipulate that it's a thousand years old. Uh, so, you know, there, there's been some looks at it. But in terms of making a conclusion about whether it is or is not of this world, uh, no, no, not, not from a distance and not from a press conference and not from a photo. Uh, well, then I'm, let me be the first to tell you, Tyler, that's not an anything. <laughs> I, know, I know I haven't done the research on this, but I know like I know anything. <laughs> I know like all those people throwing spaghetti at the wall that, they're, that that is a fraud. Well, I, I think um, past history is no guarantee of uh, future The photos. The photos are telling me, Tyler. I've seen the photos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, if you were a betting person, you could probably put some money down and, and be pretty secure that you would know which way it's going to go. But the great thing about all this is always like, what if? Maybe, maybe it will happen, and, and provided it's made available for uh, study, um, you know, it could be very quick. So I want to ask you something. The, the, we're, we're saying that this all, this new push started at 2017 and then it sort of steamrolls from there. And it's true in, in a sense. But in another sense, like all the people on UFO Twitter were complaining, David Grush uh, didn't get a lot of mainstream press. There's a lot of like ambivalence about this subject in the mainstream. And so, yeah, it, it, it seems to me like it was meant to be a push in that direction. And it is... But there have got to be people making the decisions in the government or the military or NASA or wherever that we're going to go ahead with treating this seriously publicly, even though there isn't um, a lot of 
mainstream uh, care given to it. Like there still seems to be less, you know, maybe more people do, but less media coverage in the mainstream regardless. Um, I don't know. It just doesn't seem to, it seems like we've seen this type of push before to make it a big subject. And then it, it, it sort of just dies down. Um, and I don't see this as being a more significant call for disclosure or truth or whatever. Uh, am I wrong about that? No, it's kind of the classic pattern, isn't it? That uh, somebody will come forward with a, a new finding, um, added the extraterrestrial, uh, Roswell slides, something. Um, you know, the Go Fast video. Uh, and then and we go from there, and then we find out that there's not so much that you can really extract from that and move on. There, you know, there's not enough news there to uh, continue the cycle very far. That's just kind of how it's how it goes. So if it's not really about, you know, this non-waning public interest, because I think there is no non-waning public interest. Um, if it's not about that, what do you think it is about? Because um, I've certainly put forward that I think it's about perpetual funding uh, for weapons and stuff and um, against an invisible enemy. And also funding on NASA's behalf for these sorts of projects that there are probably at least more, even if it's not, you know, massive public interest the way we hope it would be, it's probably more than NASA gets average. Uh, so they're going to get money to do their studies. But also I think like there's the possibility that, uh, you know, someone in officialdom saw the power of QAnon to galvanize a huge percentage of the country around garbage. And they're like, well, why can't we do that? Or maybe we should sort of divert their attention into something less harmful. <laughs> you know, like, are these possibilities? Like, because I guess that's where my conspiracy mind goes. Because I'm trying to look for the reason that everyone seems to be all in in the government on doing this and making this a non-laughing stock issue publicly if they aren't really going to come out with, oh, because we have aliens. One of the things that, that the news conference uh, kind of brought out, but very subtly, was the questions that the journalists were, were digging at is, what will be your budget? And is it going to be enough for your director and you know two other guys that are going to sort through who knows what? Or is it going to be a real program? That's what they're really trying to get at. How serious are you, NASA? And I think it was wise, first of all, to deflect from answering because of the issues with uh, how federal governments are, are funded or how these programs are funded. But if we could get to that, we get a, a better feeling as to uh, the sincerity level. But the, again, going back to Annie Jacobson, the reason for the reason uh, we're not going to be probably able to tease all that out. We can all have suspicions. I think that certainly it's not going to hurt uh, having the NASA's profile, uh, you know, raised uh, in some ways. Uh, you know, it's, I think most people still uh, respect the achievements of, of NASA. Uh, but yeah, Jeremy, the, the, you always wonder like uh, why why do they get religion now and you know, who, uh, who has it, who doesn't. Uh, you know, there's a public face and there's, there's the, 
I guess what we'd really like to hear <laughs> said in the conference room when they get together. So I'm sure it's interesting. Well, but I can't tell you. I just don't know. But you don't have a suspicion? I have all kinds of suspicions. Well, that's all I so, want. <laughs> I think like... I want the Tyler Coke John hot take. You know, I, I was thinking that the Department of Defense might have some real uh, wants to uh, develop certain programs, if nothing else, defenses against uh, UAPs, uh, since they don't, they seem to be rather perplexed by it, which is kind of amazing, because I understand the Iranians were able to bring down one of our better ones uh, just by um, jamming it. Uh, but anyway... I can't seem to get a hold of these things, uh, you know, the multi-billion dollar weapons platforms, they, they buzz around them like bees and nobody knows what to do. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't think it's necessarily uh, indicative of the prowess of the military, but um, they're willing to go ahead and put that out there and ask questions. And uh, So there has to be something behind that, and I would always suspect that it's a, a funding gambit, but I... I don't know. Seriously, it's just, just guessing, like everybody else. All right, so now let's uh, circle back to Tyler Cochon's early days in ufology. You come in, um, we meet, me, you, Jeff Ritzman of Paradopia, and decide to do uh, Project Core, which is an experiencer survey. Um, which, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, is the to-date only scientifically valid survey of experiencers out there. Is that, to your knowledge, correct? Well, there have been others uh, done. Right. Um, but You heard my qualification, Tyler. Don't hedge. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and not to, not, we'll just try to, to um, be more inclusive uh, of people that are, are, are trying, but uh, Project Core itself is just a beginning. It's the first phase. It's a way to chip at a problem uh, by virtue of using a survey to try to, to find out a little bit more about your uh, population. And then, at that point, formulate some hypotheses based on what shows up in terms of the assertions or, or things that, that you find keeping in mind that your first pass, you're very likely to find correlations and events that really don't pan out, and that you've got to look at these uh, in, in depth, in more detail, to really sort out, as NASA would say, the wheat from the chaff. Okay, that you, you just got to uh, start somewhere, and this would give you uh, a basic sort of sets of questions, hypotheses that you could you know, put forth and investigate. There are not many, uh, what I've seen is uh, surveys, we, we want to go from this is what we found, therefore it means, and we're not ready for that, even Project Core. I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I never really included a conclusion statement because we're not really ready to make conclusions. We're just, it's the first step. Slow down, everybody. Uh, so I want to get into Project Core a little bit, but just, well, why don't we do that now? I'll, I'll save my last question for last. 
and it'll tie all this together with the NASA and the why I went oh put a pin in it and went back to it. Um, but let's just do, why don't you tell us what it was about that that you uh, piqued your interest? Like, yeah, I'm going to do this, and you got some of your colleagues, uh, your university professor colleagues, in on it and even a couple of interns uh, to get this right. Like what about it was important or you thought was important enough and they apparently shared your vision of that to do? It's something, you know, we have all these questions about uh, what experiencers experience and Jeff actually was the, the driving force here. He called me up late at night as, as he often did and said, hey, what do you think? Uh, but he had the, the basic idea, and he wanted to trace out, what's the connective tissue between all these things? Because he thought he was seeing things, and we, you know, one thing we came up with is the idea that, well, why don't you go ahead and query uh, people anonymously about what, what have you seen, what have you done? And the first thing that Jeff said that was going to happen, which ultimately did, he oftentimes could, could call these things in advance, was that this is going to be a lot more complicated than alien abduction, the classic alien abduction. There's a lot more things in here. A lot of people have not just one event, but several what we call classes of events. And so this is just a standard way of saying, let's go ahead and find out what we see. And we can put some descriptive statistics on this. Uh, but what we see, and then can we from there uh, formulate testable hypotheses? And one of the ones that... Um, uh, Dr. Ellen Tarr ran with was uh, uh, Rh negative blood type, and uh, that's something that you can go ahead and do. You can you can confirm that it, on a secondary study that oh yeah you have this and you're an experiencer and these people that don't report it they have it at this rate. Uh, I went back and, and looked uh, as far as I could trace back the idea of rare blood types was something mentioned briefly by um, a person who wrote under the name of Brad Steiger uh, quite a while ago. and uh, I, Wait, was that not his name, his real name? Uh, if I'm correct, that was a pseudonym because he was um, a professor at a school. And um, well, I, I don't know the, the whole story exactly, but that's my understanding. And uh, I believe he's passed away now. But uh, And I think that uh, it's been so long since I looked at it. Uh, I think if I'm correct that he was talking about rare blood type, not necessarily Rh negative, and that kind of how it got rolled over the years. But anyway, I stopped uh, at that point because it, um, you know, it didn't couldn't find anything further, and also that you know the internet trail kind of ran cold because uh, just didn't have the, the sort of uh, internet uh, that we have today. But those those sorts of questions and things can be addressed, can be looked at. And that's, that's what Jeff and uh, Ellen and, and the other people thought, yeah, you could, this would be a great way to start, and you'd know a little bit more uh, at the end reliably. Couldn't prove or disprove necessarily the reality of uh, alien abductions, but you would, you would have some data that you didn't have before. You'd have some understanding you didn't have before. So a lot of times it's progress, not perfection. You chip away at these problems more than you necessarily solve them in a Nobel Prize winning fell swoop. Uh, th that's a rare thing. So uh, uh, that's what uh, Jeff had conceived. And uh, I thought, okay, well, these are the questions I would ask Jeff. And uh, not dreaming that he would put them all in. 
but um, uh, and, and then you know some things uh, not knowing exactly uh, uh, what the data uh, would um, show. Of course, we couldn't know in advance, but also um, wanted to keep anonymous people anonymous, so uh, we didn't ask about age. Tried to make it a little bit more uh, difficult for people to say, oh, I know who that is. Because sometimes that people do repeat stories. Uh, you know, anyway, uh, we, j we just, Jeff really uh, came up with this idea and I thought, yeah, you can, you can do something. You can do something. And uh, it would be not hard and uh, just time consuming. And you know how much time it took to get that all collated and put together. Uh, so do you think that that the stories themselves, outside of certain data points like age, race, and or not age, I guess we can use age, but race and blood type and, you know, those sorts of questions that you can sort of put in a column and look at, but the actual stories themselves, I think, if I remember correctly, for my conclusion or whatever, I did try to parse out elements of the stories into data sets. Uh, maybe I'm misremembering that, but I'm wondering, is there anything that you can say conclusively about um, what you're reading amongst like the experiencer testimony in this survey versus the mainstream narrative? You could say narratives, but it's really the one narrative that then just goes from alien to interdimensional of like an alien uh, coming here and doing scientific research or I guess, you know, politics or whatever, you know, the sort of thing that we think about when we think of aliens or when we think of alien abduction. Um, can we say, can we rule that out that it's not that narrative? Uh, I don't know that you, you can on the basis of, of the story. Uh, I think you can put together several lines of evidence that suggest that it's unlikely, uh, you know, based on, on what we consider to be uh, hard science facts at the moment. The problem with some of that is that they change as our knowledge changes. But uh, I, the, one, the one thing that we had sort of pushed for, not in Project CORE, was the idea of uh, pregnancy testing and um, uh, that there are ways to trace uh, pregnancies that uh, vanish. And uh, one of the ideas would be that you could, in principle, done properly with IRB approvals and uh, ethical uh, methodology, you could address like whether these stories of missing pregnancies might have some validity to them, uh, and certainly if there's a hybrid, alien hybrid, you could you could get after those uh, sorts of issues with uh, DNA testing. Uh, Bill Schalker had tried this uh, years ago; it just never seemed to catch on, and so we we hit that. And we didn't really put that into Project Core because it wasn't appropriate. This is just a, a survey; we weren't going to do any actual. Uh, biochemical research. But that's another way of saying, you know, okay, we can corroborate or we cannot corroborate something. And that, that's one of the 
The weaknesses with uh, alien abduction is that the stories are basically the same for 30 plus years, 40 years. And we're not getting anywhere. And one way that you can get somewhere is chip away at the problem. Okay, are there really missing pregnancies? Well, the data doesn't support that. You know, but we, could, we can find out in some ways what it isn't, which is still important to know. But from the stories, I don't think we can do one thing or the other. That it, it happened. For me, I'd like to know why people seem to have these experiences, what's common with them. Uh, one of the things that is interesting is uh, Martin Kottmeyer uh, has looked at how memes get established and, and how ideas kind of take root. And alien abduction certainly is one of those things where there's a there's a protocol, or not a protocol, but there's kind of a standard story that, that we hear and, and we all know what that is now. Uh, that's interesting. You know, is that something that just sort of took on, took hold? Uh, you, uh, well, these are these are other things that we should ask. Like, you know, are you basically feeding the answers to people, and and then are they reading your books and showing up and saying the right things? Uh, all those all those things can contribute. Free Dreamlanders. That's all the time we have. But uh, do check out Project Core in the description, and please do consider subscribing. And when I say subscribe, I mean at unknowncountry.com. It's great that you subscribe and ring a bell and whatever here on YouTube. If you're watching on YouTube, um, or if you're listening to a podcast and you've signed up for the RSS feed, but um, oh. What Whitley really needs are subscribers on his website, so please go to unknowncountry.com and sign up um, for like a couple of bucks. You get more content than any lifetime demands, <laughs> so have fun. All right, uh, see you next time. Whitley's back next week, and I'll be back in about a month. Take care. Well, and it's, it's also, you know, once you have a sh what you you know a shared language to a specialized shared language to discuss something, um, it just becomes self-validating at that point. Like all you need to do is learn the buzzwords, and then you're talking about the same thing, and then that makes it real. Yeah, yeah. Carol Rainey talked about this that uh, there's these sort of support that you get from a community of people who have been through some of the same things you have. And there's no doubt about it. Again, going back to Annie Jacobson, uh, the thing about paranormal events is, uh, that's very striking, is real or not, in terms of what most of us on the outside would, would believe, uh, if they're real to that person, if this is something that happened to them, they have real consequences. And what happens with the life after that, you know, how they comport themselves, what they think, um, you know, lots of, of consequences that are very real. So you have on one side, you say, well, that's, that's not even real, but it actually is in a lot of ways. And so I'm probably preaching to the choir here, uh, but, uh, you know, those are, are all things that, that we have to keep in mind. And, and when you're unmoored, when you're uh, really, really confused about what happens, uh, it is important to find someone that will at least just listen. And, uh, you know, if not say, oh yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. At least just listening becomes 
a very important uh, thing for uh, anybody that is shaken, like these experiences can shake people. Thanks. So I think when you listen, you hear a much broader story than when you go into business for yourself as a hypnotherapist to extract the story you want to sell. So with Project Core, we did not use hypnotically retrieved memories. We specifically said, please don't submit that. And as a result, I think people's narratives as such are all over the place. Like the UFO is a factor. The so-called alien is a factor. But so are psychic phenomena. So are poltergeists. So is, you know, our dead relatives. So, you know, go down the list of anything that you can experience in the paranormal realm. And there are people having lifetimes of experiences of all of that, of all of the above, right? Yes. Um, and that's what you see, I think, in Project Core when you take away the, the filter and the editing that is hypnosis, you know, that hypnosis puts on that. Well, it was, it was a selective process there. This is exactly what Jeff said or predicted would happen, that we would find. It is much more complex than the, the classic alien abduction uh, experience that many people have, so there's a lot more to it, and he was correct. And I think part of the, the genius of Jeff and, and, and his approach was that, uh, tell us what happened. Don't worry about whether it fits into anything. Just tell us what happened. And we had a lot of accounts. I was very surprised. So uh, um, that part, yeah, there, there's no question that uh, what has been most publicized, because it probably was the most sensational, uh, were the, the classic alien abduction things, or here to take over uh, the world, or with hybrids and whatnot. Uh, that became sort of a cottage industry for a while. Uh, but not, you know, not totally. There were there were different flavors of of what the aims were and and how they uh, the so-called they the aliens uh, were functioning and, and such. But uh, you're absolutely on target here, Jeremy. Again, that uh, more to it than uh, uh, you would think based on the, the most widely read stories. Well, and so my worry here is. I mean, this is the other elephant in the room of the NASA conference and of any of this sort of forward momentum, you know, by government military people, uh, is the alien abduction phenomenon, um, which, so if they get to a place where the public starts demanding to know about that, like we, okay, now we, we know for like, I don't know, maybe they won't, maybe they'll never get to a place where they say, look, we can't say that this is aliens, but we don't know what it is, and, you know, we'll keep looking, but it ain't looking good. It looks like it's intelligence, and doing this maneuver with this craft, it looks like a craft, you know, but that's not enough data to tell us where it's from or any of that. Is that going to, does something like that trigger the demand to know, because, because it's basically in people's minds who are already creating the the narrative. They've already got the narrative of what this is. They just want that official, you know, validation to go, okay, let's move on to the next thing. Now let's do abductions, right? Are they going to, if they do abductions, the most obvious thing to go to is 
the hypnotically retrieved stuff, which then becomes the story of debunking it because hypnosis is a terrible memory retrieval tool. Um, and then arguing that, like it becomes this red herring issue as opposed to, no, that narrative was never true all along, but the phenomenon is, and it's part of this broader tapestry, and it's the same problem that you're going to run into, NASA, with, with your UFO cases, which is, like, you can't really decouple these things the way they're doing by omission at the moment. You can't really, because they do go together. But they don't go together in the official narrative way, just like these UFOs you're looking at aren't going to turn out to be extraterrestrials, because they're not, at least in, in my head. <laughs> this is how this is going to go. So I, it, to me, it's like, I don't know. It, it, it just feels like uh, something like Project Core could be important to, much like the David Grush thing, much, much like knowing whether or not there are alien bodies in a hangar, would, it would behoove them to know that. If you've got a guy claiming that you can know that, it would behoove, the, if the government's really confused, to, to go figure that out first. Well, we've also got evidence that the main story about this, these UFOs and these so-called alien pilots are but a fraction of the story, you know? And that it might behoove you to figure that ahead of time by looking at actual non-hypnotically retrieved experiencer testimony to see what that actual tapestry is and, you know, period. You know, then you can figure out from there, okay, how much of this is happening in the world? How much of this is, like, personal consciousness? Is this even about science? <laughs> like, is science really going to even be able to get to the answer of this? Or is it more personal than that? Blah, blah, blah. Now, science will never admit that because that's beyond the bounds of science, I think, to say, like, maybe there's no subject-object here. I don't know. And, it's, and yet it's not a psychological disorder. Um, uh, but I don't know. Now I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself and rambling. But would it not behoove them to like uh, look at the, the actual narratives all around them that are telling them that this isn't uh, confined to airspace? This isn't restricted to airspace. Uh, but that doesn't mean alien pilots. And that doesn't mean an alien invasion, and that doesn't mean little doctors. That that, too, is going to end up being garbage, but something about the phenomenon is real. Um, is that ever going to be... I don't know. Is that making sense? Yes, because... Um, just not to put too fine a point on it, but NASA ain't there yet, Jeremy. Okay? You're, you're ahead of them. They're going to discover this, in my opinion. They're going to discover that it's uh, a bigger thing. And in fact, they had a little taste of it today with sort of these issues of Jaime Masson and other things uh, impinging on But that's a bigger thing in a different way. That's a bigger thing in, yeah. okay, we, that, to me, that's the bigger thing of we want to let you down gently because we just got done saying we don't want to create a laughing stock out of this. But you're asking us a question we kind of want to laugh at. But we're going to take the high road and just say, I'd like to see that alien body first. You know, I'd like to touch that thing myself before I make a conclusion. Now, in the back of their heads, you know each of them is going, that's garbage. <laughs> None of them really care about the Hayumusan alien thing. I'm just going to tell you, this is a victory. Take it. 
But is it? Because what I'm asking is, does this become the same thing with alien abductions, where they go, no, we know hypnosis is garbage, therefore alien abductions are garbage. We don't know how to let you down gently. But meanwhile, you're right on that aspect of it, but you're wrong about the phenomenon in general, that the phenomenon is there and, and is much broader than NASA is going to be able to handle, but are they ever going to even be able to say that or get to that point, or is it just going to be at the point of, like, how do we talk about alien abductions so that people don't give us death threats when it's all, you know, hocus-pocus through hypnosis? You know, if that's what they're thinking because they're naive on the subject, do they ever not get naive on the subject, or do they just sort of deal with that in their own way and, and then call it quits there? <laughs> um... They're about to uh, get a very fast uh, education. In fact, I think really arguably they already have uh, through Twitter. Uh, so it's the learning curve will be steep uh, indeed for this, but these people will, will uh, be able to master it and uh, they'll, they'll have to. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can tell you. Is they're they're going to have to deal with the the multiple manifestations of this and it ultimately uh, I can't say that it's going to be the NASA program uh, that what could happen again we don't even, we don't know how it's all going to unfold we don't know what sort of support it will get financially uh, what the reality is uh, in terms of uh, what type of all the government effort this will really be uh, but it, it's uh, Oh, it just kind of takes my breath away as to, to uh, where they're going to ultimately um, be able to take this and how NASA will maybe be able to extricate itself from some of these things. Because that, that's what I see happening is that, as you say, you've got all these other issues that may or may not uh, be scientifically real but nonetheless happen. Uh, I think at that point when it's not uh, satellites and, and uh, hardcore measurements, uh, AI and, and computer programs, I think NASA will buy out and, and say, well, we've done what we can do. Over to you, somebody. Hey, just as an aside, did NASA ever answer the NASA questions people have? Like, hey, when that astronaut said Santa Claus is on the moon, what did, what did he mean by that? Like, did they ever answer any of those questions? <laughs> are, are you talking about Mitchell? Yeah, uh, not that I know of, uh, but maybe one of the listeners has a, a better handle on that. Uh, seriously, not not that I know of. Because there are NASA questions people have that they're just like, well, we, you know, what? Like, we're just going to ignore that those uh, were questions? I, I don't know. Like, now they're just an innocent project coming forward to answer all of our concerns publicly. It's like, well, okay, but let's go back. Let's go back beyond 2017. I think they're going to resist that. Okay. Let's go back to Gordon Cooper saying a UFO landed at an airbase and he took footage and then somebody took that from him at the I, airbase. I, I'm going to go on on a limb and say I, I don't think that they're anxious to examine any of these things at all that have been alleged in the past. And uh, I think that what they'll try to do, and if I was running it, I'd do the same thing. Let's focus on uh, what we can do with our technologies, how we can improve these things, how we can get a better handle on uh, what is or is not out there uh, from a technological standpoint. I think the rest of it, they're 
going to be best advised not to tread into. And I think they're, you saw it today, they're smart enough to uh, be able to uh, dance around it when they have to. And they're going to have to. So let's, uh, let, let's go back to Project Core. What was your, your, I mean, not conclusion necessarily, but your major takeaway? Uh, and was it what you expected when you went into this? It was uh, because Jeff kind of set the stage for me. Uh, Jeff Ritzman, uh, when, from the first phone call, was saying that, that he felt that there was a, a lot more uh, depth to this than just alien abduction. And that he was looking for what he called the connective tissue, which I think meant, you know, are there interconnections and how are these things related? And if you have this, then do they have that at a, a higher rate? Uh, so that was the, the biggest surprise to me because I thought it was going to be uh, really honestly looking at the Paratopia message board and uh, other things that uh, the alien abduction theme seemed to be dominant. So I thought it would be 99% alien abduction, straight, pure, simple, and it was much more complex than, than I had ever imagined. And that's part of the joy of doing these things is that it doesn't always work the way you think. Uh, a lot of times, most of the time, it doesn't. So that, that was the, the big uh, interest for me. So for step one, uh, I felt like well, we really found something here that's uh, kind of fascinating. Uh, do you think that something like that would be relevant today? The Project Core survey? Project Core? Yeah. Or do you think it would just get bowled over because everyone's got their narrative in mind and it's, it seems to be full steam ahead with, you know, military government push. Yeah, it, it might be harder to get people uh, interested in that uh, it, it, because of, of uh, kind of how the UAP, uh, military UAP, has sort of sucked all the oxygen out of the room. That Everything now, just like you said, hinges on, on this, uh, the proxy for the big answer. Uh, so I, I don't know that uh, the, you know, the times are, are conducive to it. But what I, I think, again, this is speculation, is that there's always new people coming in who have had experiences. And this is the sort of the one constant, is that the reason this won't go away, in my opinion, is because people see things, and things happen, and they don't know what's going on, and then they, they start to seek information. So there's always a new audience. And you can kind of get a sense of that when you see the same themes repeat. And, uh, and you actually uh, talked about a couple of times, Hami Musan, we've seen him before, uh, and we've seen what he's done in the past. Again, maybe this time he has it, but it's Boy Who Cried Wolf at this stage, for me. Maybe, maybe other people have uh, more knowledge or different opinion. Um, I'm going to guess that a few people that worked with him on the last debacle will probably think twice on this one. That's just a guess. We won't mention any names. You're, you're very diplomatic, as always. Yeah. Um, so if we had gone on with Project Core and done a part two and a part three or whatever, what would the direction have gone? Like if somebody were to read Project Core and wanted to pick up the mantle and further the study, what would you recommend they do? Well, I, I think, uh, do you remember when we first put it out? I think it was Lance Moody who made a comment 
And he said, well, this is, this, this is you know, kind of uh, bogus because people claim that their IQ is higher than average. And, and one of us responded that, no, this is exactly what you want to do because now you have a testable hypothesis. And you can go back and take the people and give them an IQ test and find out if this really holds water or not. That's what it was about. So there are a few things that you could maybe tease out, like blood type, IQ. I can't remember what all even that we've asked in the in the past. Now I just I just don't remember. But uh, whatever you could key or tease out to ask questions and try to figure out is this a real thing or is it just a spurious thing that popped out and isn't really real. So I mean, there's there's things you can do. Uh, I would would say that somebody needs to uh, think about. Uh, if alien abductions and, and uh, missing pregnancies are, are reality, that, that there are people now uh, that could actually answer those questions or approach them very, very solidly and, uh, and rule that in or rule it out. Either one would be fascinating. Hmm. But that, so those are specifics within, but is there anything about doing these surveys that's going to actually get to the heart of the story? like the reality of what's going on in people's lives? I mean, I guess it would get to the reality of whether you had a missing pregnancy or not. But again, I put missing pregnancy and all that stuff into the hypnosis category, you know, because I just don't see it anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough one. And I, I don't know uh, whether we could really get any further in terms of the reality of it. We can certainly ask more questions and find out more things and more sorts of uh, uh, commonalities or interrelations. But I don't think that in and of itself is going to necessarily prove uh, you know, what, what the heck's going on here. Well, do you believe personally, now you, you've known Jeff and I for, well, Jeff's now dead, but you know, for a long time. And uh, do, do you believe that it is psychological? Do you believe we have a psychological issue? Oh, I don't know. I know you don't know, but what do you think? No, I don't think that uh, there's any indication that these people that have report these phenomena have any kind of uh, imbalance or issues or whatnot beyond what you would find if you just took people randomly and, uh, and sort of uh, screened for these things. The question becomes uh, then why and, and you know what is it in background or experience that uh, perhaps uh, genetics that leads to these things. And uh, actually, uh, you know, Kit Green, Dr. Kit Green, who worked with uh, the CIA for quite a few years and, and has done a lot on uh, paranormal phenomena, I think that he feels that some people are much more adept, more sensitive than others. And um, oh, I, my wife just walked in. So, hello. <laughs> So um, that some people are, are more adept than others at remote viewing or, or whatever the, the issues at hand are. And, uh, and we know that if we look at uh, people, they come in all shapes and sizes, and maybe that uh, also applies to uh, how we function psychically as well, that, that there are people that are much more attuned to others, much more empathic. Uh, there's you know, all these differences, and perhaps what we're seeing is Tip of the iceberg of people that have some kind of sensitivity to something that sets them off, starts them going, 
but I wouldn't call it uh, some sort of uh, pathology. I mean, it's okay, just, so I'm going to pin you down on this now. Do you believe that there is another intelligence involved? With alien abductions? Yeah. Yeah. Specifically? With, with experiencers, <laughs> with lifetime experience, with Jeff Ritzman and Jeremy Vaney, do you believe that we have interacted with another intelligence? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know. What do you believe? What does your heart tell you? Hmm. I, I don't. This is the scientist part. There's no evidence that convinces me that there's a, a alien contact. But Not alien contact, but another intelligence. Intelligence. Uh, the intelligence part, if you want to define it broadly, uh, and people that have these uh, lucid dreams or, um, I guess, uh, night terrors would, would know that uh, sometimes you have these interesting battles rage on in, in your, your dream world. Uh, that's another kind of intelligence. Maybe it comes from within. I, I don't know. I just, uh, that's a very... Do you think it is all within us or not, Tyler? <laughs> Stop hedging. <laughs> well, in terms of are you going to be taken away and dissected? No, I don't believe that's happening. That it has to be... No, us. do you believe... Uh, you've heard Jeff's stories. You've heard my stories. Do you think that there's another intelligence involved? Or do you think it's all us on some even unconscious level that we don't understand? I think it's, it's us on an unconscious level that we don't appreciate. So then you would decouple this from UFO sightings? Yes. And if I was uh, there at the, um, at the NASA panel, that would be the first bit of advice that I would give them, is you don't want to go down that road because you're not going to be able to contribute to it. It's, it's not a problem that's going to be solvable by um, better computers or better software. So then what do you do about experiencers who have multiple witness sightings who then also have a lifetime of what you would consider to be their own unconscious stuff going on? I don't know. I don't know. That's a good one. We're going we're gonna to have to get some cameras on that. I, I, that's the only thing I can tell you is that, you know, here's the chance. Well, I, I, I mean, I think the problem is, this is the problem to me. Whether, I mean, if it's unconscious, if it's all in our heads in some way, then that's the end of that story. But if it's an intelligence that, again, is, is not wholly out there in the world in the way that we would expect it to be with, when we imagine aliens, then um, the intelligence, as we've noted over the years, has some say in whether it's going to be disclosed or not. <laughs> so can we really ever get... I mean, unless there are bodies sitting somewhere, can we ever really get... Uh, disclosure of anything, or is it all going to be up to this other intelligence? And if this other intelligence doesn't have on its agenda that it's important to do that, then, you know, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is, this is what I will tell you is, uh, this is why, uh, in my opinion, the UAP phenomenon has become the proxy for everything. Because if you get one, all the dominoes fall. And everything else becomes a lot more uh, acceptable, scientifically acceptable. Uh, same thing with uh, Dr. Avi Loeb looking for um, the uh, craft flying around, uh, basically the Earth flying past the Earth that was, uh, he believed, a light sail, or hypothesized that it's a light sail uh, constructed by aliens. 
you can just get you know a piece of that thing or get close to it, uh, then everything else is going to be a lot more sort of probable and accepted. That, that's why I would say that uh, the deep interest in looking at the missing pregnancies and you know can uh, scientists through uh, basically the very powerful genomic analyses show that yeah, boy there not only was there a missing pregnancy we don't even recognize these genes uh, you know that, that we're seeing pop up or these disease gene fragments uh, get one of those it, it might all fall but until then it's just you, you're going to be able to describe the problem I don't think we're going to be able to solve it so then should I assume that you also believe that most likely these UFO sightings have prosaic explanations? Most of the, the basic facts since Blue Book uh, forward uh, have, uh, would bear that out, that a lot of times we are confused. This is exactly what uh, is going to be approached by uh, NASA and, and hopefully definitively, uh, hopefully. Um, so yeah, I, I think that if we look at them, that's exactly what we'll find for most of them. But the, the caveat is, it would be so cool if we didn't. Okay? And I, I don't personally, um, you sit there and think, well, you know, what fun would that be if we are able to, to shoot them all down? Uh, I don't know that we will, uh, but also uh, it would just be so fabulous if, if we got one, if we got a fish on the on the boat and uh, we would know what to do. Uh, it would be the most fun, phenomenal discovery ever in our lifetimes. So I, I, I live for that moment. It just seems to me like you're getting at a, you know, you're sort of exemplifying a big disconnect that I wonder if it's going to come home to roost at some point, which is, okay, so if we back up, Ted Rowe, Richard Haynes, Narcap, and that crew, sort of did their best to chisel away uh, at getting officialdom to pay attention to this stuff by saying, look, it's not about aliens. It's about aviation safety. And so NASA and company are willing to go, okay, that actually makes sense. We do kind of need to know at this point, there are drones or so much crap floating around out there. We do need to know what's in our airspace. And it is about aviation safety. So they're going to look at it from that point of view. But Ted Rowe, I don't know about Richard Haynes, Ted Rowe is an experiencer. So his ulterior motive is he's an experiencer, and he wants to know what, what the little gray guy is, is. Like, he wants, like, eyeballs on this, right? So there's that. Yeah. And then there's the UFO public that is pushing the drive for this, the, the hunger for it in the, in the first place. And they think some version of whatever, alien or crypto terrestrial, whatever it is, you know, they think there's not going to be just normal explanations for everything. They think there's an intelligence going on up there and probably think that either NASA already knows this. We already know that most people probably think NASA already knows this and this is just a psyop or a cover-up or that they too are using aviation safety as an excuse to, to cover this, but they're going to discover aliens or something whether they actually disclose that to it to us or not they're going to discover that it just seems like everyone's actual and then of course i i would further say that people in ufology th those people who are like die hard disclosure people 
don't really care about the subject at all. They're into a belief system. They like, you know, whatever their personal hang-up is, you know, whether they want control, whether it's a belief system, whatever it is. So I just feel like nobody is honest with their motives in this. And everyone, you know, is either thinking we're all on the same page or thinking that we're secretly adversarial. But does something about that dysfunction come home to roost at some point? Like the, you know, uh, the, the sort of division between our personal motivations and what we're willing to say publicly um, and also the crowd pushing it, right? I mean, we already see that the crowd pushing it has people in it who will send death threats and cyberbullying and all of that, which means they're, you know, they've got other, again, they've got other things going on that they're not dealing with that they're putting on this subject, projecting as their interest in this subject. If we don't deal with all that, does that become a problem at some point? Does this whole thing explode or fizzle out from its own, like, dysfunctional momentum? I think it does. Honestly, yes, it, it's the great contradiction. Uh, it's something that I think a lot of experiencers can relate to. It is that, um, as Annie Jacobson says, the reason for the reason. And it's different for a, a lot of us. So for Ted Rowe, yeah, he, he's doing this, but he'd really like to get to something else. Uh, actually, that's how a lot of scientific grants are written. You, you uh, do something of interest to the sponsor. Uh, you may personally have uh, other... Uh, longer-term interests uh, for your career, uh, and this would be an important uh, step. So it's it's not that unusual to see that um, means to an end, kind of uh, very, very practical sorts of ways of, of getting through uh, and to what you want to do. But I'll tell you, if, if you were going to design a way uh, to uh, make your life absolutely miserable you're seeing it now with NASA okay because if you've got this issue that you think that there are are things out there that the government doesn't want to disclose uh, you couldn't have come up with a worse plan uh, to uh, investigate this so their transparency uh, although we, we could quibble about whether you know they are, are sincere or not if they execute the way that they say they're going to, um, we're going to get something. Now, where they call it off, where they end it, I don't know. Is it going to end like Blue Book, where they go, okay, well, there are nothing to see. Uh, see ya. Thank you. Uh, it could. It could. But uh, th th this is, I still go back and, and say, this is a phenomenal uh, change, a sea change for uh, scientific investigation of the, these uh, very strange and, and uh, very poorly understood aerial phenomena. And uh, we haven't seen this in, in a long time. And I, I hope that people will participate. Um, we know that, that social media is, is a problem and has already created ripples now uh, before they've even started. Uh, we've already had problems, but I, I think also you have to go back and say, yeah, there are people out there who are uh, problematic, but the vast majority of folks that are interested in the phenomenon, the UFOs, are not. They are not. And uh, um, you can tell that when you go to the meetings and talk to them, and you don't always necessarily agree with them. Uh, so we have a lot in our favor. 
And uh, I look at this as saying, yeah, it's going to be a tough one, and, and NASA has really bitten something off here, and I hope they can manage it. Um, but who knows where it will take us. Uh, I, again, I would just be ecstatic if they said, yep, here, here's something that we think could be. And that, that would be the data to, um, to really remember, you know, buy the newspapers, give them to your grandkids, all that stuff. So we're, there, we're, we're going to do something, Jeremy. We're finally going to do something. So, you know, look at it that way, that, that there's hope where before there was just derision. It's really, it's, it's, <laughs> we should, we're the good cop, bad cop, and yet somehow you're the good cop of ufology. I don't understand this. But uh, no, let, me, let me try my best to take you down one more notch and make you feel bad about all of this and uh, like it's hopeless. Let me just leave you with this. My, my, my takeaway from the NASA conference is they want to use AI to, uh, to you know, look, at, look for UAP and, and figure out what they are. And I don't know. What could go wrong when AI meets aliens? I don't think we've seen this story play out yet. I can't wait for the future. I think in this Which case, overlords will be taking us over and will they team up? No, okay. In this case, nothing. Okay. Because they're talking about the kind of thing that Amazon uses to figure out what you might want to buy based on what you've already bought. They're going to look at data. They're not going to go any further than that. Okay, so it's a tool. It's a tool. And what they're doing is it's basically software that, that learns and improves itself. And, and so, well, but it's, it's not uh, Philip K. Dick's Valus. You know, it's going to come home and pop out of this. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's just a, a simple tool to look at what are going to be tons of data. And uh, what we really need here, I, I'm putting words in NASA's mouth, is something that can go through uh, very, very complex uh, situations, uh, and do a project core and figure out what are the common threads here. And, and I think that the comment was, you know, if you're going to separate the wheat from the chaff, you know, uh, paraphrasing, uh, you really got to know what uh, everything looks like. What's background, what's not background, all those things. And I would say looking at the uh, written materials, um, the, um, the stuff they put out is pretty well done because I'm sure it was really gone over. And I, I really only saw one, one thing where I, I think they're maybe making an error. And that is when they, they go through and say, well, we, we know what the capabilities are, planes, platforms, uh, drones, those sorts of things, everything that flies uh, technologically, we know about that, uh, sort of. Uh, but uh, forgetting that part at the moment, uh, if you go back and, and say, okay, then what we really want is to tease out the stuff that's super fast, super acceleration, something totally out of the, nor the norm, that's okay. Okay, that's, that's an approach, but it cannot be your only approach. And the, the reason that I say that is because, remember the Phoenix Lights? 1997, you would have missed that. If you're looking for something that was super fast and accelerating and doing all this, the Phoenix Lights, as people describe them, just glided by. Uh, and so, you know, it, it didn't have those. So you would have categorized that out. So we really, maybe AI will help us uh, better look at a, a compendium of issues and figure out which really are the things that correlate the best with what we would call a UAP report, and and tease that out without any presuppos you know presuppositions or 
uh, erroneous uh, assumptions. We have to guard against that all the time. Well, Tyler, thank you for uh, coming on the show and good copying my bad cop. <laughs> I appreciate <laughs> it. I've never seen a man so excited and, and enthusiastic about a subject he ultimately thinks uh, doesn't exist, but I appreciate that enthusiasm. It's a hell of a subject, though, isn't it? Okay, that doesn't mean that there's something going on here that's not of interest. Who are these people paying attention to things they don't believe? I don't understand it. Because you've got to. It's not a question of, of belief. It's about finding out and experiencing in your, in your own way. And so uh, look at it that way as I'm a kindred spirit trying to figure out what the heck's going on here. And I appreciate you for it. So thank you for doing that on this show. <laughs> And thanks for doing Project Core. I know what a pain in the butt it was. I was there. Um, the fact that you and your colleagues stepped up to just work with a couple of, you know, wisecracking podcasters, especially at knowing that, you know, entertainment uh, doesn't mix well with science was pretty brave, I think, of you guys to do. So thank you for doing it. Well, it was fun. And also a learning experience. I, I think I've said several times that, uh, you and Jeff were very patient and explained a lot of stuff to me that I didn't comprehend or didn't understand or had no idea had connections. And so I, I learned a lot, and I appreciate that. That suggests that, you know, there are other gaps that can be filled. I just, I'm sorry, man. I can only take it so far, you know, and do what I can do. So you have a blog. Do you want to promote it? Nope. All right. <laughs> Till next time, everyone. <laughs> You've been listening to Dreamland. Be sure to tune in again next week. Dreamland is brought to you by UnknownCountry.com and its family of subscribers. Our theme music is The O of Pleasure by Ray Lynch. Unknown Country was founded by Ann Streber. Our news editor is Matthew Frizzell. Our coordinator is Amy Safrankova. Whitley Streber is your Dreamland host. And I'm your announcer, Ted Alexander.